Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about <sighs> or as they like to say, roar. What's going on, Polly? Polly the Mole here. Nothing. <laughs> just got a uh, just got to work a little while ago. Ready to start my day. Had a little sales meeting, and now I'm ready for this. We had a big meeting, Josh. You were no no. I had a Nobody meeting has meetings why with me. I, I think that I'm on my way out. Yeah, why isn't Josh in the meeting? He's the giant. I think they're person. phasing me. They're phasing me out here. I think. Are they making room for Cody Mack? I think so. <laughs> he's no. He's not really an ESPN personality. I, I I beg to differ. I believe he is multiple personalities. He's like a I believe man. that too. <laughs> <laughs> he has multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. So we have the meeting with the great one, and we're talking about how we're going to up the ante here at ESPN. How we're going to be reaching out. You know, we're now in the Utica market. Utica market. Utica, welcome this morning. Thank you so much. 96.5 FM. Wow. Strong in Utica. We are strong in Utica. Which, which, as we go over some of the things that we're going to do uh, and that we're, we're putting on the table as possibilities to take Galaxy Media, the international mogul and, and giant that it is, and continue to, uh, to grow. I'm thinking about things now. Let's talk about this Orlando trip for a second, because mm-hmm. that came up yesterday in the big meeting, the great one. And the great, you know, I, I like the great one. And when he sits at the head of the table, he he does he commands the room. He he commands the room. He commands the room. And, and and you know, it's my first experience being in one of those meetings. So um, I I like to have you know energy and be excited. And it doesn't matter whether it's Matt Park show or Axis show. I just wanted to get bigger, better and bigger. The better everybody else does, and the better Galaxy does, the better we do, for sure. I, I, I believe that. So um, we talked about things that we could do. But so the the uh, the trip to Orlando, the potential trip to Orlando. Now we're kind of all drum rolling, waiting to find out. When do you find out whether or not you're indeed going down with your <clears throat> other job? Sometime in the next couple of days, I'm guessing. Wow. Can we put the screws to somebody and get an answer there? Because here's my thought. If you're not coming down, and I'm going to do a, a show from the Baldwin Mansion, the, the Southern Baldwin Mansion, yes, um, that's going to be me at the house by myself, uh, and then we'll have people probably calling, because they're not going to drive out. We're not going to get wild hack. We're not going to get people to go. If we're not in the hotel, mm-hmm. um, which is you know something that we're looking at uh, cutting costs to do this you know more efficiently and, and save money. Doesn't it become a better idea if you're not going to go to do something fun like a Del Lago or so, you know something that's local and close that could bring some uh, some some power to doing the show, but not going all the way down to Orlando and losing the personalities? If you're not going to go, would you would you be able to do the show from? Yeah, I'll be right here doing it. You'll be here in this room. Yeah, okay. I will be. It'll be the exact same show. It's just you'll be in Orlando and I'll be here. Well, why would? But why wouldn't it be better to have you and I go? You know, to one of our, what if we did it from cams? What if we did it from, you know, we reach out to some of our clients and a say. A bowl watch party? We could probably yeah, do that. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we need. To, he does it. Josh 
And the K Rock show, I've I've witnessed it. I've gone to some of the exciting venues that I got you go to. Two this month. It's gonna be brutal. Wow, where are you going this month? Um we're doing Destiny USA. We're doing our Santa Con pub crawl on Saturday and then the thing that you came to last year. <laughs> the, the one in that bar? Yeah, that's we're doing that again. At six AM. Getting hammered at six AM. Six AM. I walk in, you know, and he says, Yeah, man, show up for a little piece of it. So I show up. And I mean the, there were people, I, I think you, you go, at the time you went to like nine, yeah. I think I got there like a little before eight, and mm-hmm. they were hammered oh, in yeah. that place. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were hammered. It's the, it's the annual morning booze fest. You when, just get lit up. Well, you can always gauge how hammered they are at these events by how long it, it takes to say Baldwin. So <laughs> when you walk in and you get, Baldwin, what's up? But when you get the long, like the long, nine second, Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, though they're, they're hammered out. They're hammered out. This was an elongated Baldwin. You should breed. hit up a Dan Wildcat. That'd be a great spot to do a bull watch party. Yeah, man, it came with all the mo- the monitors and everything he's got going in there. Bull watch over over camps. All right, I will bring it up in a meeting where people actually care about it. <laughs> so we're taking your suggestions. Uh, by the way, the uh, the line to call and talk on the show. Is 315-437-7644. 315-437-7644. Call in, and when we're talking about different things, give us a call and tell us what you're thinking. Man. You can we, read that without glasses. you got great eyes. You can also yeah, we want text you to, or, or you can text in at... That one looks a little 315. Shady, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 315. Hang on. 288-0644? Yes. 315-288-0644. Now cover your or, left eye. Or <laughs> Twitter... At ESPN Syracuse. We got a caller coming in. I'm waiting for Neil to screen it, and we'll get right to it. I don't know why we don't just take the call. Because this is professional radio. You can't just be like, hi, who's this? I do. I do all morning. I'm like, exactly. I don't screen a single phone call. I like the bang. You're on the line. You're on the line. Oh, I love it. No. Listen, you're saying be professional. Because look how long it's taking him. You've got Neil answering the phone. You wanted him. <laughs> it's, pe- it's been. It's still pending. Hi, what is your name and what do you want? Answer phone. Answer phone. So, so, there you go. Okay, Jake in Syracuse. Go no, ahead, Jake. Jake, what's up? Hey guys, up? two two things. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No and problem. I want to Thank talk you about for calling. The basketball game last night. Um, it seems like this team. This guy has a good game. This guy has a bad game. This guy's playing great. This guy's thinking up the joint. And you know, against Ohio State. They look good. It was nice to know they weren't handing out scholarships to guys just for hitting the rim. But it, it, we don't really know who this team is yet. It's the um, same team it was last year. The offense is the exact same offense. That's not true. It's Although not the same Ty, team. It, it is. The offense is the exact same it was last year. It's not good. Tyus Battle scored two points last night. And one and one more thing I wanted to say about Baker Mayfield. Um, a lot of people were saying, you know, one last week after he said that stuff about his former coach it, that it was unprofessional. But look. If you want to be the best in the world at what you are, you find motivation anywhere you can find it. And look no further than Michael Jordan. And that guy was so petty, he'd find motivation anywhere. And if you, if you don't believe me, just go back and look at his Hall of Fame speech. I mean, he was still finding motivation for the Wiley. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling in, bro. Uh, okay, well, there's a few things out there. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, hello, we weren't speaking of Baker Mayfield. But, you know, we can speak about him. And i got to say... I remember in college where, I mean, if they said 
anything. And back then, we didn't have the the internet and we didn't have social media to to quickly pull this stuff up on our telephones. So it was all done in clippings and newspaper articles and stuff. And they the coaches hung their hats on if a coach said anything. Well, you know, Ball State is not that good at this or Nebraska is not that. And they hung that stuff in the locker room and they'd point, you see what they said? You know, so so it is something that, that motivates you. But I think... I think nobody has taken a look at Baker Mayfield's stance. On he shook his hand, so it wasn't unsportsmanlike where he walked away and refused to, which is the stuff you would have said, hey, man, that's BS. You can't do that. He shook his hand. He didn't hug him, and you know he has the right to hug somebody is, more, is, is a closer thing than, hey, good game, shake your hand. And secondly, it was an unceremonious thing for him. He doesn't particularly care for the guy, so I got news for you. I'm not hugging you in front of 50,000 people and millions of people on TV if I don't like you very much. So what? He shook his hand, and he was sportsmanlike, and he walked away. So why they're making such a big deal about this, and his comments were, were exactly that. This is the team right down the block, one of their arch rivals, you know, in, in state-wise. And you know what? I don't like the guy. So what? He doesn't like him. I'm good for him. Most of them would have done that pat crap and said, Oh yeah, you know, hey, hey, good to see you, coach, and 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 then walked away and pretended he she wears it on his sleeve. I like this guy, I do. I think he's good for football too. All right, Syracuse basketball, the other topic. Wow, nothing. You got nothing on Mayfield. I, I nothing mean, on. We're in Syracuse. Let's uh, talk about the basketball team. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going to turn my seat away this way. So so he doesn't shake his hand. And, or he shakes his hand and he doesn't give him a hug. What do you? What's your take on it? No, I'm with you. If I don't like somebody, I mean, I'll I'll be. You know, like the little tip of the hat and walk out, but I'm not going to give the guy a hug or yeah, cordial, right? I mean, I, yeah, just whatever. Yeah, I don't want to fa- make a big to do about it. But why are they making? Is this because they got to make news out of it? They got to make news out of it, right? They got to make a story out of it. Oh man, what if we spit at him? I think you should. Spit it would have been the kind thing. of story that that <laughs> no, if nobody would have reported had there not been a million sports radio shows in the on the planet that need to talk about it. Exactly. Like it would have been like ah, oh, whatever. And they exactly. over, but but well, because it was the first time anyone's seen them in the press actually together, mm-hmm. right after the heated battle of a game. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I'm not in a great mood after the game. Win or lose, I'm tired. Get away from me. Don't try to hug me. Don't try to hug me today, Paulie. I don't want to hug you. I'm, I'm, I'm upset with you. Okay. Uh, okay. So go ahead, Paulie. Tip. Let's go, Syracuse basketball. Go. No, I just think I go. Think, <laughs> I think their offensive struggles are. Uh, are the same they were last year. Does this team have more potential to score? Yes. Are they? No. No, well, they're not. It, it's it's, well, it's um, starting to show that last year may not have been an aberration. Well, here's the thing that I, you know, and, and sometimes you and I tangle over, over stuff, our perception of things. You just worded it very differently, and I would agree with you now with what you just said. I would not agree with you before because it's, I can write it down and show you why it's not. You first said, this is the same team as last year. Yeah. That's okay. That's not true. It's not the same team. There are several different people that are playing. They're oh not, my God. They're not, they're not only playing six guys, they have 10 they can play. But, but besides that, are there struggles right now? Is that what you meant? Because you just said, because it is. We have outside weapons. Um, I, I, listen, let me, just, let me just go to this. I asked Coach Beheim and I asked Coach Griff. And I've asked a few people. Um, Jerry McNamara, I asked. 
is there something you can do to teach them when they get cold? Is that a practice thing? Is there? He said, you know what? No, not really. Not, no, they're, by this time when they're on the court and they're playing, either you're knocking down those shots and you'll, you have to be prepared for nights when you're not shooting well. But if as a team they're going to not shoot well, open looks because they've executed and moved the ball and they've picked and they've set and they've, you know, all the things you need to do to get an open look and then you just don't knock them down, you're screwed. You know, you're screwed, particularly against good teams. So one of my notes, I remember it was, um, I was interviewing Jimmy Johnson when he was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys and he said two things that he looks for are not, it's not, it's not wins or losses, uh, in the first one, which is if you're playing other divisional or even other teams in the league that are really, really good, and it's a showdown, do they give you four quarters worth of effort, and did you stay competitive in the game? So you you, you don't want to let it get away from you. Did they keep trying? But He goes, that's an important factor in determining whether you have a championship team. The second one, which is the one that I want to focus on now, because we have not done that in Syracuse yet, the teams that you're supposed to beat, you outright know if you played 10 times, nine times you're going to beat them by 24. Are you putting those teams away? And there's my worry. You know, last night, a win by 23, good effort. Um, you know, again, battle only scoring two points is a real concern to me against a team that we beat by 23 points. I mean, he, he should, you know, sleeping score 12, you know, so. To, to Jake's point is, they showed they can beat a top 15 team by double digits if three guys are scoring. Right. And if only two guys are scoring, it's going to be a struggle against everybody. Well, this goes back to the Jim Brown thing last year for Tyus. You know, I mean, I mean, when the amazing thing about O.J. Simpson or Jim Brown as their career started to flourish was every defense turned around and said, see that guy, number 32? I want both of you guys to shadow him wherever he just he's getting the ball 80% of the time hit him. And so he still did those things when you knew he was their offensive threat. Same thing could be said last year uh, pretty much of Tyus in the first position and then O'Shea in the second position. Listen, we got to shut these two guys down and then these guys suck, you know, I mean without them that they're they're going to be a big 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 problem. So so this but this year the theory was by having outside shooting to accompany these guys that these guys would flourish. We, I think we all thought that Tyus would score less points than he did. He's not going to average 20 and lead the ACC or second in the ACC. But is Syracuse better with him scoring 14-15 and spreading a few three-pointers around and opening the floor up for him to have easier games and not have to pay, play 40 minutes too? So it is all predicated on execution and then at the end you got to stick to jay so this guy says an important thing jake says he says you know now that we're giving we don't want to give scholarships away to guys who are just going to hit the rim you know, there's, no, there's right. no points for that well yeah northeastern played a zone the whole game i mean i i'm not like a expert like i don't have a telestrator or anything but they were playing 2 3 3 2 they were they were switching up zones all night on them in Syracuse struggled O'Shea Brissett played awesome i mean he uh, Killed it on the boards, 21 points, 14 rebounds, but the the rest of the team struggled. Well, Coach, Coach Beheim's zone defense, which is, you know, legendary. I mean, he, he, he became, I believe, he became an Olympic coach because <clears throat> Krzyzewski really wanted to learn the zone better from him. And now he has pretty much stolen it and incorporated it into 
how he plays. And, and it's not just, you know, every, everybody knows what his zone is and, and there's some intricacy, intricacies to it. But um, Coach Beheim's ability to tweak the zone during the game and particularly at halftime and come back out and react to what's happening or not happening on the court is what makes him, you know, the greatest, probably the greatest in all of college basketball history at doing it. Um, so with that said, I do look at things like, um, you know, we never really use our in-size presence. We we have one six eleven guy, one seven foot two guy, uh, and and they're you know they, it's kind of gravy. Whatever they get, they get. But we don't run plays to them. Have you seen them? You know, I, again, I I've seen them, but they're I've not ne- ca- they're not going to be able to catch the ball and make offensive moves. At least at this point, in my opinion. So we can't. We, we there's there's nothing to be said. And again, I'm asking. I'm not saying I know. I mean, this, they ran the lob but, play a couple times to. Pascal, but even earlier this year, he wasn't catching the lob. Well, he did some nice alley-oops last year a few times, which later in the season, which I, I, I was encouraged about. And certainly what we'd rather have him basically do is play defense, clog it up in there, um, you know, flash to the ball when someone drives and try to create a miss. You know, you're not going to get statistics on non-blocks, but if there were statistics, you know, Minute Ball would be one of the greatest of all time because when that guy threw his hands up, you you didn't know what you were doing in the air to try to get the shot off. And those are the kinds of things I think that we realistically want from him. But to have him be any kind of a threat, to get the ball into him in the paint at 7-2, we can't teach him a little baby hook you know, something. Well, I, I think they're trying. <laughs> I, you can't get water from a rock, but it's like I think there's a point where he's going to need to rebound, block shots, and, you know, Get offensive putbacks is what you need out of him. And if you're getting eight points, three blocks, and about eight to ten rebounds is what you want out of the center position this year. Now, is it me, or is this the skinniest team in the paint that I've ever seen in college basketball history? They weigh about 300 pounds total, I they think. They do. Got, up. Literally. And Brahma they, looks like he's lost out there. You know, I don't know. I don't know. He looks like he's regressed uh, well, on the court. Well, he had. Is is there something we don't know about the no, knee? No, he may be just tentative because he's scared he's going to hurt it again. I don't know, but I would assume it's better. But he seems to have really lost a step from last year. He's not as he's not moving like he did. I mean, even hurt last year, it seemed like he was moving better and knew what his feet work was better on the court. Well, let's go to break and let's come back and let's talk about the the big men and the and the guys that we've. Uh, we've had, we're going to play So What in two, and we're going to come back in segment three, and we're going to talk more about Syracuse basketball. Because I, you know, I, I've i got some memories of guys that were in there, Ronnie Cycli, you know, all, even all the way back to. Well, you can see, this is the problem. You can't compare Chuku to Cycli. No, 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 no. They're no. not going to score I'm not, like I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not comparing the two of them. Right. It's more of a philosophy of how you play the game. And so. Do we run? Well, let's go to break. Let's come back. This is an interesting subject, and we'll take your calls, your texts, uh, uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. We'll be right back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. This hour of the Daniel Baldwin Show is brought to you by Baldwinsville Gentle Dentistry. Go to sleepwellbville.com. Baldwinsville Gentle Dentistry. Do you know how, Josh, you have experience there? Yeah, buddy. I got my mouthpiece from them. I need all kinds of things. I haven't gotten back into there, but I got to tell you something. It's an A one operation over there. I might let them film it live, and we'll we'll do a pay per view. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's a very specific fetish to some people, but Mm -hmm. that'd be nice. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's time for. Uh, um, I just can't hide it. 
I'm about to lose control and I just can't. Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin show. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Watching the the phone when Neil's trying to screen it is amazing. How does it take so long to ask what a name and what you want to talk about? But you about? said this is a professional operation. I'm saying just put him on oh the phone. Oh, my God. I wouldn't John, have. John, and Li- John and Liverpool before we go to Silla. John, what's up? John, what's going on? How you doing, guys? Good, man. What's well, happening? Well, to me, I thought that uh, the Ohio State game kind of said basically what the, the state of college basketball is. It's all about the three. If you're playing a, a comparable team, it's basically who is hotter from the three-point that that given night is going to be the winner of the game. And, and really, to lose it by – to get a nine-point deficit from the foul line in that Ohio State game, and they were never even in the game because we just beat them from the three. Um, you know, I'm not really kind of happy about the way basketball has evolved where the three-point shooting is really determines the outcome. You could really play great in every other aspect of the game and lose just because you're not hitting your threes. And uh, it's kind of that way in the NBA, of course, with Golden State. And uh, it just seems like the whole game has kind of gone that way. And uh, people talk about the, the best way to beat the zone is to penetrate into the foul line and then kick it. Well, that gets you a two-point shot. To me, the best way to beat the zone is, if you can do it, beat it from the three. That, that'll do it every time. Well, I think I think you're right. We've become, even in the NBA, two three-point oriented but if you want to really one of the things that annoys me is when i go down to the y and i go to play and there's a black stripe for the three-pointer for college and there's a red stripe for the three-pointer from the pros why if they didn't change the foul line they didn't change the dimensions of the rest of the court they didn't change the rules of the game to accommodate for the fact that they're a year or two away from playing in the nba so if you want to change this, particularly at the college level, take out the black line and make them shoot with the big boys at 23 feet, and then you're going to see how many teams do not become as three-point. Because let me tell you something. Hitting a three-pointer in college, I could stand out there at 58 years old and bust them from that line. It's way different to take a step and a half back with pressure on you and have to shoot that shot from an NBA three. Way different. So right. we could change it by doing that. Try this one more time. I'm so excited. It's time for. Just busting my balls. I just can't today, huh? He can't help himself. No, he's, he's the one that took the call. And I just can't what do you want me to go? So no. what? I'm, gonna, I'm going into the segment. Radio. We're going to the segment? Yes. You understand me? Daniel Let's Baldwin just say so what like three times in a row and we'll get out. Josh, what do you got, buddy? So what is brought to you by the Wildcat Pizza Pub and Camillus, voted best of 2018 by the Syracuse New Times. Catch all the SU and NFL action with their giant TVs and online at wildcatpizzapub.com. Not a so what, but congratulations to our very own Eton Thomas. His book, We Matter, Athletes and Activism, was named one of the best books of 2018 by the wow. Library Journal. Haven't even gotten a signed copy yet. Oh, the ton. Well, he's not sending you a copy. Oh. He's not saying I can't read. It. <laughs> <laughs> you have Forrest read it to you. Maybe you could have Forrest put it on DVD. Forrest do the audio tapes. Do the audio tapes. And, and then. <laughs> and then when I graduated. The Buffalo Bills have waived uh, veteran wide receivers Andre Holmes and once star wide receiver Calvin Benjamin. 
What, what, because Buffalo has better things to offer? Or, I mean, how do you waive anybody in Buffalo right now? They, Benjamin, he was a first-round pick for the Panthers in 2014, and uh, they let him go yesterday. And do they mention in this at all who's going to fill in those shoes? I don't know who they've got lined up. I mean, who's even left up there? I mean, this is one of those. Are they going to bring we, in the concession guys to play yeah, now? Yeah, I was going to say, this is one of those when I, we yell in the house and get my sister Jane out there to, <laughs> to, be, the, to be the eighth body in a 4-4 four and four game. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. I'm sure they're just going to put young guys and see how they can do for Maybe the that's end of the season. Thinking, you know? That's probably what they're thinking. They're going to take a look at some some young blood. But, well, Benjamin was a big name. Yeah, and they got him. Didn't they trade for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that front. Listen, is it, it's got to be past any coaching staff. Buffalo has to do something with their front office. I think. I mean, they got they got to make some changes up there. How about just move? We no, get out of Buffalo. No, just don't get away. out of Buffalo. I love the Bills. They should have gone to Toronto when they had the chance. Whoa, what are you talking about steamy hot take. Terrifying. <laughs> oh my God, it's a terrifying thing to say. Listen, Fans know how to behave in Toronto. You don't, you're not a legacy. That's why you could say that I am, in, in fact, a legacy. Those Canadians are better than us. I'm I'm an original. Buffalo Bills legacy. I know. So be careful what you say over there, pal. Cicero North Syracuse's very own Patrick Corbin has signed a $141 million deal with the Washington Nationals. Whoa. How many years? Six. Oh. Six years, $140 million. Uh, I think he was a lifelong Yankees fan and uh, didn't take the Yankees offer. No. Which, why? Was it too low? Yeah. I think he got $40 million more from the... From the national, yeah, eighty-four million. Wow, I mean, the money they're paying these guys now—if you can throw a baseball, I'm going to teach my kids to throw a baseball now. <laughs> well, he's just... a local kid. It's like he's got a local tie. He no, played at CNS, and I know it's just crazy. If you can pitch, you're going to make money, and you're oh. going to stay in the pros, especially left-handers. Man, you're going to pitch a long crazy time. Crazy how much they're paying. Twenty-nine them. years old. Twenty-nine years. One hundred forty mil. How much is that? Is yeah. guaranteed? They say pitchers get hurt. Like right. Um, oh, I don't see the, the guarantee. I can get you that. Yeah, I think it. all major league contracts are pretty much they're set locked. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, NFL doesn't have guaranteed contracts. I think MLB, if you if you get a contract, it's yours. I don't know about that. I think that it's broken down into years, and if he was to get hurt, in other words, they're not paying him one forty with the with with the number of pro baseball players that play pitcher that could get a rotator cuff problem or an elbow problem or shoulder problem. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure I buy that. I think he has to start. There's there's little things they put in there like, and he must start two games for that you know season. They, they add stuff in there that, that helps them from exactly that. What if he blew his arm out in the first first pitch of the first game? You think they're giving him $140 million over yes. five years? No, I don't. I don't Can't, buy The it. details haven't been really released. I'm everywhere I'm looking doesn't have any information no, on it. I'm not it. buying it. Um, congratulations, Seattle. They will be getting an NHL team coming up in the 2020 year. Well, they're pretty close to Canada, where hockey is uh, um, huge. Vancouver is just across the way right there. Very close. Very close. I used to live up that way. Um, I think the big thing about any pro franchise is can the city support? You know, this is one of the most apathetic things I ever heard in sports was the number of years Los Angeles, the second largest city in the United States, didn't have an NFL team. So, uh, you know, good luck to them. I think that that's not a so on it, but I think it's great uh, great for uh, a rivalry rivalry to start in um, uh, in Vancouver. I know the, they're, they're frothy for their Canucks, so I'm sure a, a rivalry will be born. Some of the names that they have uh, 
applied for, but it's not official yet, are names like the Seattle Cougars, Seattle Evergreens, Seattle Kraken, Seattle Sockeyes, the Totems, the Whales. Oh, I like the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Krakens. Oh, that sounds good. Are you who doesn't want to be a defense? And then when they the come Seattle? out, they could be like, release the Kraken. Yeah, <laughs> It'd yeah, be exactly. funny. Exactly what they're going to do. And then finally, 44-year-old Wendy Thomas has pled guilty to murdering her 44-year-old boyfriend, Keno Butler. When she was drunk and wanted to smoke crack, he didn't want to smoke crack. So 300-pound Wendy laid on him and smothered him to death with her fat rolls. Wow. <laughs> wow. She blubberized him. She did. She, he was on the couch. She laid on him, smothered him to death, and she pled guilty yesterday. Are you sure now she wasn't going for, you know, something else? Was he laying face up or face down? Yeah, was he face up? Oh, I don't get that detail. Did he, yeah. did he smush her into yeah. the... Did yeah, and did she go ass first? Oh! jump. hot take. That escalated quicker than it I did. thought it was. There you go. Yeah. Wildcat Sports Pub, proud to be a part of this segment. Catch all the games <laughs> on their giant TVs and check them out online at wildcatpizzapub.com. We'll be back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back. And I gotta, I gotta ask a question. So, so you're recruiting, and you're looking at the guys you have. Obviously, what years they're they're in in their career: freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, so on. Now, when the guy ex- excels in the game, take a battle guy. It was an if whether he was even going to be back. So as you're recruiting, are you just recruiting the best talent that's available, the best guys that are available, or are you doing it by position? In other words, is Syracuse looking specifically for centers right now because Chuk is going to be, isn't he a senior? Yeah. He's gone. Sidibe, you know, he's not well, the same as he was. So maybe he'll break out of that. But, I mean, he's also, what, a junior? Yeah, you got to recruit to your positions, obviously, and go for the. But you've also got to go best available players. But yeah, to be more specific on the centers is the question of why we don't. You were asking earlier is why we don't use them. Well, no, the reason why I'm asking that about the recruiting part first is because if you're grabbing the best guys, if you're grabbing the best guys available, which a lot of pro teams do, not because they can trade players. We can't trade players in college. Getting so, a center out of high school, this, this is my opinion, getting a center out of high school is the biggest, probably the biggest crapshoot in recruiting. Because you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like the level of play for a center in high school is going to train change so much more for them going into college than it would for any other position on the court. Because you're not going to be as, in high school you're playing against Kids, Lily Yeah, there's no one else seven two in high school, right? You know, so, so I think, and I, I think the center is a position that you need to work through, and I'm guessing there's probably more four year centers than any other position in college basketball, and it, it's a, it's They're a more work of a project. Yeah, it's a, it's it's work, and and I think uh, I think you got to work with what you got when you do it, right? But but so my question was. And I'll tell you why this leads to Coach Beheim and how our centers play, in my mind, is is the coaching staff right now actively looking for the future in the middle? Well, of course. Of course they are, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, so two years ago, when you got a 7'2 and a 7-footer, 
you're probably not focusing on that. The team needed some shooters. Well, we filled some of that. Well, hopefully we, we bridged some of those gaps. So we look at the two guys that play in the paint that are our dominant two men in, 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 at center, and neither one of them is the most proficient at scoring, and nor are they um, – their physique is, supports the idea. I mean, I looked at that UConn center, and he ate us up. I mean, he was a physical. He wanted it more. He was big, a bigger body, and he pushed our guys around. And he owned the boards, too. So uh, we're not going to play, as you pointed out, that kind of an offense of going in. And believe me, when I talked to Danny Shays about it, he said, listen, it's a, it's a great weapon for the shooters on the team to know they can throw that ball in the paint, and then it gets kicked back out because people are – if he's a threat in the paint, people are backing off to try to give him a little bit of help, particularly when he's seven foot two which is why I went all the way back to earlier in this particular broadcast and said, can we teach this guy a little baby hook? Can, can we teach him? I, I Believe me, I, if, they, if they're not trying to teach him how to score, either one of them how to score offensively, they're not doing their jobs, which I'm not even going to question, that they're trying to do it. And when Syracuse has had centers that can score, the ball goes through them. You go to Rakeem Christmas, you go to Renzi Anawaku, you go, you know, those guys, the ball went to them. You know, Ronnie Cycli, Atan Thomas. You know, when they when the centers could score, the ball went to them. And these guys, I just, I don't know what anybody is seeing that the, and I, I hope I don't get in trouble, but I don't see what anybody is seeing that would you make them want this team to give the ball to those guys. Right. So, so I, I understand that based on their past performances, but I mean. Why wouldn't they get the help? I mean, I, I know that I, I know several NBA guys, hundreds over the years, where a team will turn around and bring in a Kobe Bryant to work with Ball and say to them, "No, here's where you want to be here, and here's where you." So why wouldn't we get a former big guy or a known big guy to get down here and try to help him on his footing and how to draw at seven two? He can almost drop the ball into the basket. He just has to learn how to shoot that shot. Is, do you, you just feel like they've tried that and you just can't do it? I, I don't know. I think you've got this opinion that they've given up on these guys and it's no, not, they're I not trying. I, 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 I'm guessing that the coaching staff is working their ass off with these guys. Okay. So in it, other words, we do need Coach Baldwin down there to beat the crap out of them. No, I, I don't think it's coaching. Because I'll hack the crap out I don't think it's coaching. I think it's what, you know, and this is where I was saying recruiting's a crap shoot. I heard him. You get what you get. <laughs> you know, you get, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not even... It, I'm not even trying to um, um, implicate anybody on the coaching staff or infer that they're not. I'm just wondering if they can't do it and, and they can't do it, then we're stuck. We limit ourselves to having to run the offense the way they do. I just don't even see the guy. Here's what I said to Dolge in the elevator when I was in, when I was in Nebraska. I said to him, he's with, uh, I think he was with Coach Griff or he's with somebody. And uh, I looked at him and I said, you do realize if you'll even shoot the ball and miss, it helps some of these other guys. I said, the ball's going to you, and I can, watching the game, I can see in your face, he's not shooting that. He doesn't look like a guy who wants to shoot the ball. He immediately clutches it with two hands to his side. It's not in front of his body. When the ball is not square in front of your body, you're not looking to raise your hands and shoot it. When it's to the side of your body, left or right, you're looking to pass it. That's a known defensive thing that that, that I've always picked up in the game. So I looked at him, and I, I, I bodied him up against the wall in the elevator in Nebraska, mm-hmm. and I said, shoot it. 
if you're wide open shooting because they're 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 dropping back and they're and they're not accounting for you, which clogs the lane up more. If you miss the shot, it's better than than them thinking you're never going to shoot it because they don't have to guard you. So the same again, the same thing I'm I'm, I'm suggesting for, and I'm not talking twenty times a game. If a couple of times a game, this guy just took a drop step and let a little hook go from eight feet, six feet out, he's seven two. You know, but I just don't see him even doing it. I yeah. don't see. I don't see the shot go up. Yeah, I. But I. My question is, I would. If you're a, a, on the outside as a guard, right. are you going to risk a possession? From what you've seen over the past two years, are you going to risk a possession giving the ball to the centers? Yes, I would give him the you, ball and let him shoot it. Yeah. All right. I want. I want the ball up on the rim for with seven foot two bodies under the basket. I would rather put the ball on the rim with O'Shea Brissett, with with Elijah Hughes or Tyus Battle or would, Frank Howard, and let the big guy put it back in or would, dish it back out on the great base. point. And and so I prefer watching. I think Tyus's greatest skill is not far from the basket. He's better taken off off the dribble. Um, when he goes to the basket, when they give that occasional, they have the option, and they showed it last year a few times, when the guy sloughs off of of Chuku, lob it up to Chuk, let him dunk it. He can do that. So, But that's adjusting in real time in the game to the situation of being double teamed, or, or the, and I call that cheating on defense. So he's proven that he can do that. Um, I'm just I'm talking more set play stuff, you know. I mean, where you 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 put up you at the top of the key, you're the guard, and you put up a one, which means we're gonna we're gonna move a little bit a couple of times, and we're gonna get the ball down in the paint to Chuke, and he's gonna shoot a hook. Period. You know. So um, I, I, again, if he can't do it, and they're still working on him, and it's a, it's a it's a a, um, a thought in progress. And, and again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not second guessing anything that Coach Beheim or I. I just when I watch and I observe the games, I look at them and I say, "Man, we really live by our dependency to hit that three. We do. We're very three point dependent." So I don't think the team. I, and I. That's another thing. I don't think they that this team wants to be three point. I don't think the coaching staff wants this team to be three point dependent. I think they want the guards and the forwards taking the ball to the basket more. Yeah, yeah, we're very. I think very the team settles. For, yeah, I think the team so, settles too much. So then, answer me this then. So we're playing against a team in Northeastern that I believe we're supposed to beat pretty much every time we play them. Not that they're a slug or anything, and I'm sure that on a hot day they could hold us to a closer yeah, game. They beat Alabama this year, right? Okay, so so we know that they 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 can play. Um, and Tyus only scores two points. Are you concerned about that? How does he? No, not, I'm not, not concerned. No, because this goes to the whole picture of like you know Chuku and Rama. I've seen what I've seen what Tyus can do. I'm comfortable with him. Like he's going to get 20. He's going to get into the ACC. He's going to average 15 to 19 points. I'm comfortable with that. I've seen Barama and Chuk play. They they I don't think they're capable of doing anything offensively. Okay, well, we got to take a break. Though. Powerful thought. My thoughts are always powerful Very and powerful. correct. Let's go to break. We'll come back with more. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Because you don't point, you point, you don't point. I don't know where you're No, I'm wondering because people are walking in the studio as we're coming back from break. Turn the game. Uh, So, as you know, Mr. Baldwin, we are banning Neil and the rest of the staff from being on the air until they go seven days without a screw-up. 
Except Caps. Except for Caps. <laughs> we have successfully made it through one day. Wow. So that's made it one? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that, Neil? I was hoping you'd go great so I could throw the zero. Wow. <laughs> One day. All right, go ahead, Josh. Daniel Baldwin in the, uh, is making your holiday season a lot easier with a chocolate pizza from the Chocolate Pizza Company. Caller mm-hmm. 5 right now is going to get a delicious chocolate pizza from the Chocolate Pizza Company. You can order yours at chocolatepizza.com. But caller 5 right now at 315-437-7644. That's 4ESPN44. You win thanks to the big DB. All right, now I got an idea. I got an idea I'm going to throw out there really quick. Tell me what you think about this. We'll have to run this by the great one, of course. Uh, the great Ed Levine. I think we should sell our Orlando Bull Day uh, telecast. I think we should bring out some people out there, whatever business it is. I don't know what those numbers are or whatever, but we come to your place. We do our show in the morning from your place. And we, we, we do it just for one business. You can buy the show. Yeah, that's an idea that exists all the time. That's definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, doable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but we don't go to that location all the time, do we? No, we can't. No, but I'm saying the idea is that they'll, they'll be on with that. If they sold it, yeah. All right. Okay, good. Running late. 